You're listening to the Battle Ready Podcast. You can find more information about Battle Ready and Addison Free Will Baptist Church on our website, addisonfwbchurch.org forward slash Battle Ready Bible Study. Battle Ready Podcast, believing what it says. Oh, hi. (laughs) (sighs) Oh my. I'm sorry. Every week. Every week. I don't understand. Okay, okay. stop, start. What? Do like Channel 3 News go. <laughs> Welcome to Battle Ready. <laughs> See, that's how you do it. You know it's on and you Thank say you. that. Welcome. Welcome to Battle Thank you. We are having way too much fun today, so I'm not sure exactly how this looks. We're on TV. Go. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what? <clears throat> she is not allowed to make fun of her mother. I'm not. Now, you, I'm not, you I'm guys, not. here I'm going to give you the perfect opportunity. <clears throat> we have a new email address. You can go to battlereadybiblestudy at gmail.com and you can tell her to not be mean to me. <laughs> She's not allowed to make fun of her mother on Battle Ready. Okay. okay. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> we are in Second Corinthians. Um, no, we're not. No, we're not. We're in Second Chronicles, chapter twenty-four. Yes. And I am sorry, but I have got the giggles today, so this is not going to be good. This is going to be bad. Um, I want to just remind you of a what couple of things. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Before we get started, <coughs> excuse me. I wasn't kidding. We do have an email address, which is battlereadybiblestudy at gmail dot com. <laughs> I think Liv's going to have a thing that she flashes on the screen every now and then, so you you'll be able to see that. Also, we are trying to get all of the services or uh, sermons and singings and, and battle ready and all the things that we do here at Addison Church onto YouTube. So if you are someone who watches YouTube, go to YouTube, look, type in Addison Free Will Baptist Church and subscribe for us. We need 50 um, subscriptions to be able to use the YouTube. Uh, so... I'm sorry. We need... 50 subscribers. subscribers. Sorry, see? <laughs> no. Pretend like you know what you're talking about. I um, don't. <laughs> but we need your help. So in order for us to be able to put this out on YouTube, we need for our folks who would like to hit see us to go to YouTube, look up Addison Free Will Baptist Church, and subscribe. Okay, that's okay. my commercials for the moment. Now, we are in Second Chronicles chapter 24. I'm going to tell you before we start that Athaliah, Athaliah. She just must have told me I can't say that word. We're going to say it every different way. So I've even made a game out of it because I can't say it the same way twice. So here we go. Okay. Now, I I do want you to take just a minute, though, and talk about what we did with the kids last night or what you did with the kids last night because I think that's important. Just kind of share what we did. You did. I feel like a million dollars because I slept on the ground in a tent last night. And I feel so good. I can't even tell you because I love to do that. But what we did was celebrate and teach about the Feast of the Tabernacles out of the Old Testament. And I had my homeschool class do that. We camped out across the road from the church. And we had a Bible study about it and just spent time enjoying the full moon last night, God's creation, and the fact that he abides with us. And it's funny you would ask me to do that because that's exactly what I was thinking about starting with. Good. Because I think what I think we know about the God who made us as Christians, as believers, we're, we're confident that God made us. Mm-hmm. I think we know about the God who died to save us because that's how mm-hmm. we came to the Lord. Mm-hmm. But I think if we struggle in an area, if I struggle in an area, 
it's in that area where we talk about the God who wants to abide with us. Mm-hmm. The God that since the beginning wants to be a companion to us, wants to walk alongside us and talk to us and know us. Because as human beings, when we think about that, even as believers, sometimes that can feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And and I don't yes, let me yes. mess up when I say that. But we 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 think about the perfection of God and the holiness of God. And God is so much and so beyond and so more than we can comprehend that sometimes it's overwhelming to think about God with us in each moment, as close as I could reach out and touch, mm-hmm. closer, mm-hmm. in me, Ready Christ in me, there. the hope of glory, right? Mm-hmm. That gift of the Holy Spirit dwelling in us, abiding in us. That feels like I don't know how to handle that exactly. Mm-hmm. I don't, because we almost have a, a way we are in church, in praise and worship, and a way we are away from church that are separate. I mean, they're just, I don't know how to explain that. That's Help true. Me. That's a, no, what you're saying is what we, and we even said that sort of kind of in the Bible study last night. Um, with the kids, we were talking about the different things that the churches do and why do they do them. And I don't remember the little boy's name, but he was very good. Josh. Josh was very good at talking through communion and why mm-hmm. we did it and what it was for. And you made a comment that I thought that kind of stuck with me. I'm not going to say it exactly the same way you did, but the comment was, do you get up in the morning and just scramble off and start your day and get going? Or do you get up in the morning and talk to God first and see what his directions are for today? What, what's invite he got, him into What's it. he got planned for today? And, and invite him to join you in that. I'm going to work. I'm going to school. I'm going to the grocery store. I'm, whatever you're doing. Did you invite God in to direct you when you did that? Why do you think it is that we don't think he cares about when we go to the grocery store? You know what I think is even more stunning? Is that we think there are things in our life important enough that he does care. Right. Do you know I, what I agree. Mean? When yes. you talk about a God who made everything, mm-hmm. and it is far beyond anything I can imagine. Why do I think that there are things he's interested in at all? And yet, he is. He wants to be intimately involved in your life, and and the, as my wit- this is my witness to that. Mm-hmm. As we go through these kings, time after time after time, what he's wanting them to do is abide and turn to him. And and just and for listen. a summary of the Feast of Tabernacles, God mm-hmm. commanded them, commanded the Hebrews who left Egypt and came into the Promised Land. When they get the law, he commands them to take this time where they leave their houses and they go out into the wilderness and they build these booths or like tents to stay in. And he said, and the reason you're doing this is to remind yourself that when you left Egypt and you came into the promised land, I dwelt among you. Mm -hmm. I let myself be in your presence, guiding you, showing you the right way, showing you what to do. What we brought out last night was, you know, I, if you watched God work his wonders during the Passover and and the fact that you were freed with this treasure of Egypt, you know, freed Mm -hmm. slave, a whole nation Mm -hmm. leaving. And then you watch God part the Red Sea on both sides and you walk through it and the power of God is all around you. But then what happens day three in the wilderness? We complain because we don't have onions. Not just complain, but like that's, it's almost like the Passover is that when you, when you're born again and that Going through the waters like that, the joy of being baptized and your family celebrating with you and that high of accepting Christ into your life and knowing that you're saved. And don't forget, too, it's also that picture. Yeah. Because he did leave his place in heaven. 
yeah. to tabernacle in a body like us. In a body like to us. To suffer pain that's the thing. and shame that's what and I mean. the all Christian the things life we do. though is a lot of days in the wilderness. It's mm -hmm. a lot of days of I'm not sure what happens today. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure where we're supposed to be going. I'm not sure what God's plan is. Mm -hmm. Seems like we've been a long time around this mountain. Mm -hmm. Seems like we've been going through these same things as God. And and I don't remember what exactly we're supposed to be doing here. Mm -hmm. What you're doing here is abiding. Mm -hmm. And what you're doing is letting the presence of God lead and direct and love and guide and, and hopefully be among you. Now they were getting it God was speaking to Moses. Moses was speaking to Aaron. Aaron was speaking to the congregation. But God's desire, he said, if you will do these things, I will dwell among you. And here's the other I'll thing. Be my, Maybe your that's God part and, of the reason. And, and you'll be my people. Maybe that little bit of just experiment into something that God had said for them to do. Maybe that little bit of obedience has caused you to have a blessing today. I've had a big blessing. But here's the other piece of that. It's interesting, don't you think, that he tells them to leave their houses mm -hmm. and go build a tent. And naturally, humanly, mm -hmm. they don't really want to do that because they've it's worked hard to get their house and, they, and they've and forgotten that how they got their house was through God in the first place. They didn't get it because they were great. They get it because God allowed them to work. He allowed them, he blesses them with things, but he's saying to them, put aside what you think you've done and come back over here with me because this is where it starts. This is where it is. To me, it's very similar to the idea of fasting. Mm -hmm. I agree. You're taking away all the excess, all the too much, all the distraction, all the and you're trimming pleasures. it down. Because when you go out and stay in those booths in the wilderness, and the way that God commanded them to, not maybe not the way it is done really over time, truly. or the way, but the way He commanded it, it was like you're just just you, just your family, just go out, be where I am. Course God's everywhere, mm -hmm. but but where you're aware that I am and that I am with you, mm -hmm. and remember that when you go out and you don't know what you're supposed to do or where, where you're supposed to go, my presence is there to guide, and and I want that. I want to be a God that abides. You know, in the New Testament, that's what Emmanuel, God with us, mm -hmm. God with us, yes. and that's, the that's what point. Jesus is. When He tabernacled here, when He took on a human body, like you were talking about. God said, I want to be with you. I want to be with I you. I am choosing to do this to for be, you. I, I'm not giving I am up being. obedient to the Father. But for I'm not your giving sake. up being God. I'm and, still God. I'm just God with you. And here's the other right? here's the other side of that then too. And it goes again right along with our lessons. I always get frustrated in first and second Kings and first and second Chronicles. I get frustrated because we see these kings and we see that the Israel who is completely abandoned God in the first place, setting up their own idols and their own worship and their own stuff. They, they never have a, they never have a good king. Yeah. But over here in Judah, where the line of David is supposed to be taking, you know, supposed to be growing, and this is where the Messiah is coming from, we have one that's great and we have one that's bad. We have one that's kind of okay and then he's really bad and then he does sort of okay. And it frustrates me. And I think the point of it is, that's the point. Yeah. We are not going to do this on our own. We cannot We cannot win this battle if What's we don't it? turn to Christ. It's funny, so when they're going through battles, they know to call. They know who to call, and they mm -hmm. do call, and God get, delivers and gives the victory. But mm -hmm. God doesn't want to be just the God that you call when you're in trouble. He wants to be the God when you abide. That you hang out with in the everyday, in the so, every moment. So instead of avoiding these <clears> books <throat> because they're frustrating and because every other name is just one letter different and it sounds like the same, 
the point is, if, if you miss it's that in these books, you miss that point God's trying to make. And it's your struggle and my struggle. It's every it's day. a struggle we have all the to time. Abi- we know that when we abide with God, you know that yes. your life goes better, that you enjoy it more, that mm-hmm. the blessings are abundant, and yet they're still... You know what? I heard a, a preacher say one time, he said, you know, you could take your kids and you could raise them in a glass bubble mm-hmm. and you could make sure that no other influences got into them. You could pump in classical music and scripture being read day and night. And you know what? They're still going to be sinners. And that, that breaks our hearts because we think we want our kids we to live for Jesus and we want mm-hmm. to make sure they go to heaven. We we'll do all those things. He said, what you got to understand is that sin is not sin is born in the blossom. Mm-hmm. It, it's there it's there from the beginning mm-hmm. that resistance to god that push away that i can do it is on my born own, in that my, that he's not going to mind if i don't talk to him today because <clears> you know <throat> i talked to him yesterday we but. talk about battle already that is where the battle is mm-hmm. to fight in yourself that tendency we have to say i've got this mm-hmm. and god go to the side it, because I'm not in trouble right now. Mm-hmm. So since I'm not in trouble, I can handle it my own way. And and God, I don't want him up and close with me right now. And that is not how we're designed to be. We're designed to be in fellowship with God. That is our sin nature coming out that pushes God away mm-hmm. and thinks he doesn't belong in this space. We are there is not a space image. that he didn't make and there's not a space he doesn't belong in. And, right? he, and, and that he doesn't own. And through even all these all of these stories that are amazingly and horrible, and he is telling you, I want you to turn to me. I yeah. want to be there. I, I want, want to, to do abide. it, but you got to, you got to want, you got to want to do it. So, so, in summary from last time, we have a king on the throne who came to the, came into his kingdom in a very glorious way <laughs> at seven, seven years, years old, mm-hmm. right? And he was everyone else in the lineage was killed by the grandmother. Hit it. <laughs> Athaliah. That's right. Because she wanted to rule and she ruled for six years and her evil. Or Athaliah. And then she was killed at the horse. Or Athaliah. <laughs> after this young boy was crowned and made king. And the reason he was made king is because two wonderful people, Jehoiada and his wife, Joshabeth. Joshabeth. Okay. They fostered him and hid him away until the time was right to make him king. So this is a priest. Um, I, think, I think scripture says he's also his uncle somewhere. Mm-hmm. Along, yes. And he raises him. Protects him. Protects him. Kept him from death. Taught him the law. Taught, taught him, him the law. God. Raised him with the priests. He knows mm-hmm. stuff, right? Yeah. So what do you expect? You expect this to be a great king. So let's go. Okay. We're in Second Chronicles chapter 24, verse 1. Joash was seven years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 40 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Zibia of Beersheba. Do you remember anything that happened at Beersheba? Just I probably by the should, way, right? Mm-hmm. There's a well at Beersheba, Isaac and a well. Okay. Remember the seven wells? And I think Beersheba is where Hagar was cast out. Mm-hmm. This is a, this is a my understanding of Beersheba. Forgive me if I'm wrong, because I'm doing this from memory. But Beersheba is like the farthest point south. So of all the land that they went in to inhabit. You got the northern kingdom, and then the very farthest down at the edge of the border is, is where Beersheba. This so, king's mother came mm-hmm. from. This is where she's come from. <clears throat> Verse 2. And Joash did that which was right in the sight of the Lord all the days of Jehoiada the priest. Now, if you're a Bible student right here, you took a big sigh, mm-hmm. right? Because Scripture doesn't say things without a reason. Mm-hmm. And if it had said, and Joash did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, 
we could have just went, yay. But that's not what it says. It says, and Joash did that which was right in the sight of the Lord all the days of Jehoiada the priest, which already makes you think, okay, then when something happens to Jehoiada the priest, he's not going to do such a great job. Verse 3, and Jehoiada took for him two wives, and he begat sons and daughters. So we're rebuilding and repairing the leadership of Israel through the line of David right here. Okay. Of Judah. Of, uh, yes, and Judah. But it's the line of David. Verse 4, and it came to pass after, after this that Joash was minded to repair the house of the Lord. And he gathered together the priests and the Levites and said to them, Go out unto the cities of Judah and gather of all Israel money to repair the house of your God mm -hmm. from year to year and see that ye hasten the matter. Howbeit the Levites hastened it not. Hmm. Now, what's your thought before we get into what they do? So many. Okay, so what's your thought? Nowhere in the scripture did God say, If the house of God needs repaired, let the priests go out and beg. Nope. Let them go out and gather money as best they can. <laughs> Let's have a bake sale. <laughs> that is not what they're supposed to That's do. Not what supposed Whenever to do. the temple and the tabernacle both were built, the king made it known that this is what we're going to do. And the people gave in such abundance that they both times, Moses and Solomon had to say, stop. This yes. is enough. You've given so much to this work that we need to have you stop. We don't know what to do with it all. Mm -hmm. And they, they, this is not a begging thing. This, this is not is a not the man of God going out and begging for money. But that's what the king asked the priests to do. And the priests don't do it, which is the first sign of a little something Going on. Going on. Mm -hmm. they, they don't hurry out at the king's command and beg money because that's not what they're supposed to do, mm -hmm. right? They're supposed now, to allow the people to bring the money in. They are, and I, I'm just going to... Because by I'm, the way, I'm it's bringing, not the man of God's responsibility to keep the church up. It's the people of God's responsibility to keep the church up. So let me read you what Moses told them way back at the tabernacle part. Yeah. He said, when you take us the total or the sum of the children of Israel, this is in Exodus chapter 30, mm -hmm. uh, then every man shall give a ransom for his soul unto the Lord. And that, and that was so Under that it would be, and that is to help. They're mm -hmm. supposed to send that to the priest individually. But I'm beyond saying, that, they gave above and beyond that in such abundance. Moses they absolutely had to stop did. Them. They absolutely beyond did. Beyond what was required and by when the there law, were, they That's gave. true. But yeah. they were supposed to be giving something all along. Right. But now remember what's going on here. We've so had, Athaliah has been here at least mm -hmm. six years. And, and before the her, before her was kind of crummy. He was right? very bad. Yeah. Right. And the one before that wasn't all that was great. Good. So we've got, well, he had moments. Yeah, yes, that one yes. was good. But so we have, so, we have what? I don't know how many years in there. Probably but, about a decade of, uh, of corruption and falling apart. And don't forget that she came, mm -hmm. remember? And she, what does it say? She broke down the temple and took, took all the stuff to, to Baal. Took Baal and, and, and I'm the sure temple's in disrepair. They, so I'm sure that the people, maybe, I'm imagining now, so this isn't in scripture, mm -hmm. but I'm imagining the people now are not in the habit and of remember, giving they their don't know that every, every the line time. of David is continued till he's back on the throne. Mm -hmm. They might think, well, there's nothing else to follow. Why here. would I do that? Right? And I, when I looked at it, I looked at it too. I saw, I saw that piece. I thought I saw that it's not their job, but I also saw something that I heard this week. Um, I was talking to a lady that I work with and she was so distraught because her pastor turned in his resignation. He just needed to, he needed to get a job. He needed to, uh, go do something else because for whatever reason, not judging the pastor, but the point it. of it is 
it's not easy to be a pastor. Mm-mm. It wouldn't be easy to be a Levite in those times of yes, it, it, Athaliah, it would be It would be okay stuff. to be a pastor if the requirements on you were those that God gave. It's not, it's not okay to be a pastor when you have to please people this because they're impossible. Yes. God is not impossible. God asks you to do one thing, just speak what he has told you and be faithful to that. And I'm not saying that's nothing, but I'm, what people ask a pastor to do is completely different. He's I mean, supposed to be the, everything to everybody at all times, and, not, and that's not fair. That's not even realistic. I, that's but just not a fair thing But let's talk about the money part for just a minute, because you know they tithe. But I want mm-hmm. you to know what it says. when Back in, Me- in, in Exodus in chapter 30, he tells them that they are to give a half a shekel. Now listen to this, because I did the math, because that's the thing I do. So half a shekel, a shekel was a, about a quarter, okay? Half a shekel, 13 cents. And, you, and it says, and it says to them, that's in our money today, but it says to them, the ones that have more don't give more, and the ones who have less don't have to. I mean, this is how much it is. You can't put a whole bunch in and go, oh, look but, at me, I put they, a whole bunch not in. Not to do it for that. You can put more in, you but can, you can't do it for that purpose. for this, yeah. right? Yeah. The, because he basically and says, they did. Um, uh, the rich shall not give more and the poor shall not, not give for less that. for no. this. But, but the point is, if there's a million people and you give 13 cents, <laughs> you got, what, $130,000 right mm-hmm. here? They had it was it was enough to take care of what the to pay the priests to buy what they needed to keep things. It wasn't up. outrageous. But it, it was wasn't, enough. but it was enough. But it doesn't mm-hmm. sound like it should be. Mm-hmm. But it is because everybody's required to do it. Everybody has a part. Mm-hmm. And so now I think where we and then what I thought about here is we get away from that. This is tough. I know this has to be tough on them when the the bad rulers are in authority people don't go people don't show up people don't care you know i'm just saying like people expect that the pastor to keep the church going that's not how it works it's not all the people of god keep a church and we know that personally we've seen this we've lived this i know when you you can't expect him to do your job you You would you will expect more of him than you will anybody else and you will expect more of him than you even do yourself. Mm-hmm. And you can find fault with everything. Why did you do this? I wouldn't have done that. Well, you wouldn't have done anything. <laughs> so yeah. I can, I, I don't know, when I got I to this part. I don't mean that part, as pity me. I'm just no, saying that's either. just a true thing. It's just the way it but, is. But for the king to say, it's your job mm-hmm. to make sure that this is taken care of. No, it's not. It's, it's not, not his job to make sure this is taken care of. It is the people of God who call themselves the people mm-hmm. of God's job to mm-hmm. take care of this. Yes. All together. And to and to because that's the way it was when it started. That's how God told and over Moses. And over. Everybody giving their part is enough. <clears throat> and then when it's you enough. want to do something special, of course you can. But everybody just doing what they're supposed to do takes care of it. Mm-hmm. I just thought about that. I, I I you know there's a lot of ministers now who are leaving the ministry. Yep. Um, when we were coming up in church originally here, there was always two or three people on the periphery wanting being called into the pre- preaching you know ministry we don't even have that anymore we have we've gotten away from people feeling like this is even important if you didn't know god and his power if you didn't know how glorious 
He is, and and the power of his might, and how he comes through. If you if you didn't know the reward, mm-hmm. I don't know why anybody would want to be a minister. I'm mm-hmm. I don't mean that in a negative mm-hmm. way. I'm just saying, as a pastor's daughter, he loved my dad. Loved the church, mm-hmm. and he loved preaching. He loved his calling. He would never he would have died in the pulpit if he could have had a choice. He said to that do many that. Times. That is what he would have liked to have done. But when I watch that job sometimes, and and the what what is expected unfairly and what is put on unfairly and what standards that God didn't put on, but we put on, Mm -hmm. I think, well, who would want to do that job? Mm -hmm. Who would want to have that on them all the time, those eyes on them all the time? But it is a calling. Mm -hmm. It is a mission. It is an honor. It says, it's and, a good and it's thing between to you and the this. Lord. It, it says, is a good thing. It says, it's a good but I thing can to understand desire, why people. But leave. everybody's not called to do that. Sure, and that I can would, understand why people leave. Mm-hmm. I can too, and it, I do. and it saddens me because my dad I, would say a hireling leaves because he's a hireling. That's right, and but but it's a good thing to desire, but that doesn't mean that's your calling. But if mm-hmm. it is your calling, you're not going to be happy doing anything else. You'll you have to learn how to handle those things. Howbeit the Levites hasten not, maybe, because they didn't think that was fair. Because it's not it's maybe, not, not just fair. It wasn't right. Maybe they've been suffering a long few at least six years while mm-hmm. the other that lady's uh, Athalia. Yeah. <laughs> I can't say that twice. What I mean, they everything that they worked on, she's tore down and sent it over there. Can you imagine though? This is Solomon's temple. Mm-hmm. This is the one that they said What when the sun hits it, it's got so much gold that it just shines from, you can see it for so many miles before you get to it. This is Solomon's temple, and now it's completely in disrepair. At least he's got the foresight to want to fix it. Right? Mm-hmm. So verse 6, And the king called for Jehoiada the chief and said unto him, Why hast thou not required of the Levites to bring in out of Judah and out of Jerusalem, the collection according to the commandment of Moses, hmm. the servant of the Lord, and of the congregation of Israel asked. for the tabernacle of witness. Mm-hmm. Right? That's not, that's not what, what he said. Asked me to do. Right? But that's what that's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. That he's he's told them yeah. to do. And then verse seven, it kind of explains. It says, "For the sons of Athaliah, that wicked woman." Now, wouldn't you hate that? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you hate to have that wicked woman in your name after in scripture? After? <laughs> had broken up the house of God and also all the dedicated things of the house of the Lord did they bestow upon Balaam. I don't think Jehoiada answered him. He didn't say, well, this is why we didn't rush out there and do that. And remember, Jehoiada, he's kind of correcting the guy who's raised him. Mm-hmm. wonder what Jehoiada would have said if he could have said it, if it was recorded. It's not. And when it's not, we can only guess, right? We can't, yeah. we can't say what he said or, what, or even what we think about why they didn't rush out. My thought, having been a pastor's wife, is they're exhausted. They've seen this country tore up. Nobody's listening. Everybody's out there. Yes, the house needs repaired, and my heart's broken that it's not, but I can't make them do anything they don't want to do because I've seen that. I've lived in that. I've heard that. But at the same time, it's not that's not the right way to handle it in the first place. Mm-mm. So I see both. I, I, you can't. You, mm, 
I'm it's gonna, a hard. I'm going to be quiet on that that thought, but why? I mean, well, I'm just saying there, there's like kind of like this deal. I've had a lot of kids, not just my kids, that have come through my house being homeschooled, and I always make them this deal. Mm-hmm. So if they're struggling, Olivia's back there. She will not. I've always said I will try just as hard and harder as than you will. But if you don't try, I'm not going to waste my time. Mm-hmm. Like if you want to be done. Mm-hmm. I can try here and really, really, really be into this lesson. Mm-hmm. But it won't do you a bit of good. But if you try and I try, I will not stop until we make it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I do. And I feel like the men and women that are used of God in the church, you almost it's almost like you have to say to the church, I will give you all that I've got. But but if if but if you don't want it and you don't give it to and you don't give into it and you don't make this place work. Because you don't care, you want somebody else to do it for you. It's a waste of time. Like we're going and going and going and going, but you got to want it too. Am I? And I don't mean that in a that, no. sound, that sounds to me when I say that like in a self righteous way I know, or I a judgmental mean, way, and, and I, don't I don't mean, mean it, it that, that way. way either. But I mean, it, there's not the church is not designed with big important people at the top and little unimportant no, people at the bottom. It is the not. church is one body, every piece mm-hmm. important and used of God, and every piece has to function for just the body to work like, properly. Just like that 13 cents. When I looked up that 13, 13 cents, cents, what hit me, and it's 13 cents in our money, it doesn't mean that's what it was the value right. then. But it wasn't a lot for but them. But it wasn't a lot. It wasn't something they couldn't do. Right. Even the poorest and just every and no, And it wasn't about you're more important, you have more, mm-hmm. and you're low, and you don't have anything. It was, y'all have to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know what? Our churches are sitting empty. COVID has closed, our down, closed us down some. We have sat empty. We are still trying to build up what we've lost in people who've passed, and people who have just quit caring. I, I go, I don't need to go to church to, you don't. You don't need to go to church to be a Christian, but God set it up that way on purpose. You do if you're going to be obedient to what he said. That's he right. Said, he set not it up that way together. on purpose. So That does not what gets you to heaven. It, but, no. it, but in obedience to Christ, if you're saved, you're going to, go, you you're going to be part you of You can't church. mentor me or you can't carry my burden the church or is you God's can't idea. help me. It's like a marriage. What did you say about a marriage the other day? You said something about if I I can I can be married and never talk to my husband, but it's not going to do me much good, Mm-mm. right? It's not going to be much of a marriage because that's right? but that's how he set it up. And mm-hmm. I don't know when I got to this part of the section. Of course, I think Scripture hits everybody in different ways. That's what saddened me. Well, right here is the nation not abiding. Yes, nobody. So, so what they've done is she's tore down. There her, was a she's great tore down things and and. Everybody's kind of just, just, I don't care. There was a great revival under Jehoshaphat. There was a great spiritual revival and awakening. And everybody was on fire. Mm-hmm. And they were learning and they were giving and they were rebuilding things. They were tearing down the bad things out of their mm-hmm. country mm-hmm. and rebuilding. What happened is when this period of darkness came, just like and when we you talk about, about COVID, mm-hmm. COVID didn't do it. No. COVID revealed it. Mm-hmm. It revealed the fact how easy we were to push away. And we didn't even know we were that easy. How push. easy it was for us to say, well, I don't really want to fool with that anyway. I've got other things I want to do, things mm-hmm. that I've been wanting I to do. I watch but, it on TV. I don't have to do that. Well, that's the same thing with it. with this darkness. Yes, it was very dark. And yes, evil ruled and Baal worship was instituted and all these things. But the people of God could have continued. Mm-hmm. The, and some did, right? We mm-hmm. have a remnant of people who did. We know that mm-hmm. because what we happens do. next. Yeah. But the people of God could have continued. But what they said was, well, here's a good reason 
not to have to, to sit back and, you know, the, the temple is corrupt, so there's nothing I can and do. And I'm tired of doing that anyway. There's I've done it. Do. Nobody ever appreciates it. You know, I think about Kenny. Kenny was here just a few minutes ago cleaning the church. When we walk in on Sunday morning, we expect the church to be cleaned up. We never one time say, oh, I'm really glad. Thank you, God, for sending Mm -hmm. somebody to do that. Which we should. But we should. I mean, he doesn't have to be elevated. He doesn't want to be acknowledged. He doesn't need, you know, we don't want to overly. But faithfulness. the church is clean. It smells Mm -hmm. nice. It looks good. And we just walk in, and and your father-in-law used to say that if I if I wasn't here, nobody would do this because they don't even know it's being done. And that's done. Tr- absolutely true. They don't even know we don't what know I'm it's doing being done. because we just we just take it for granted that somebody else is going to do all that work. And in my mind, that's what I they didn't jump on it because they're tired of that. They're t- not maybe not maybe tired in an arrogant, mad sort of way. Just tired and defeated. Uh, you know, how am I going to get money from them when, to fix the temple when they don't even, all of our stuff's over there at Bale's house, <laughs> you know. Now, I've belabored that point a little bit too long, so I'm going to quit now. And I'm going to go on to verse 8. And it says, And at the king's commandment they made a chest and set it without at the gate of the house of the Lord. And they made a proclamation through Judah and Jerusalem to bring in to the Lord the collection that Moses, the servant of God, laid upon Israel in the wilderness. And all the princes and all the people rejoiced Mm -hmm. and brought in and cast into the chest until they had made an end. And now it came to pass that at what time the chest was brought into the king's office by the hand of the Levites, and when they saw that there was much money the king's scribe and the high priest's officer came and emptied the chest and took it and carried it to his place again. Thus they did pay, no, thus they did day by day and gathered money in abundance. And the king and Jehoiada gave it to such as did the work of the service of the house of the Lord and hired masons and carpenters to repair the house of the Lord and as such as wrought iron and brass to mend the house of the Lord. I just, I don't know. I You start to feel a little bit encouraged right mm-hmm. there. I don't know. Is that just me? Mm-hmm. So the workmen wrought and the work was perfected by them and they set the house of God in his state and strengthened it. I think that's, I mean, you don't even realize it's all, as bad off as it is till you start to look to fix it, right? Mm-hmm. And when they had finished it, they brought the rest of the money before the king in Jehoiada, whereof were made vessels for the house of the Lord, even vessels to minister and to offer withal, and spoons and vessels of gold and silver. And they offered burnt offerings in the house of the Lord continually all the days of Jehoiada. Any comments on that one? No, I just want to say, my, my initial, this may not even be a point, but they don't go get them out of the house of Baal and put them back. because no, they're, been, they're messed up. Uh, yeah. Everything has to be made new. And again, in that sense of revival, let's start over. Mm-hmm. Let's make it all brand new. Let's rededicate. Let's rededicate ourselves and the items and the worship 
and get everything the way it's supposed to be because you can't go backwards. You have to go forwards. Like when we talk about people say, I wish we had church like we did in the old days. I don't. Mm -hmm. I wish we'd have church like we're supposed to now mm -hmm. because we don't go back. We can't go back. We can't go back. God is not. Well, he, he's our rear guard. He's behind us as our guard. But God is out in front of us and eternity is out in front of us. Mm -hmm. And we have got to go forward. And God didn't change. Right. But at the same time, you can't just dwell in those glory days and say, I'm going to do it the way they, they did everything to the letter a hundred years ago. And that's going to be right. No, you got to do what he's asking you to do. That's abiding. That's what abiding. is he asking you to do right now? What, what God didn't go anywhere. He's not behind you in that sense. Mm -hmm. He's in front of you. He's leading you. Someone got me a very nice plaque and I look at it just about every day. And I try to, and I try to apply what you're saying to that. I can be crippled completely looking backwards. Or everybody can. Or I can look at that sign that says, Why are you looking backwards? You're not going that way. You're not going that way. So let's go forward. Because mm -hmm. you you know what? And and maybe we should spend a minute on that because I've heard people say that, well, you know, I've done so much and I can't undo and this has happened because of me and that's true. We're all, we and all know that. thing you can do about but that. But you can't go back and change but it. But you can start right this minute. Mm -hmm. Right? You mm -hmm. can start right this yeah. minute. And if you don't go forward, where you're not going at all. You're standing still. You can't really go backwards. You're just doing nothing. Mm -hmm. So that's a good point. I, and I like it that they don't go get them out of the house and be able no, to try to clean make it up. Because new. I don't want that. No, it's done. Mm-hmm. And even though those, even though for years those vessels were used in the right way and brought glory to God, now they've been there. Now we're just going to start over. Do you think that's? Do you think? How do you, when we have revival, and we had one not too long ago, and it was a really good revival. How how do you tell people what revival means? Tell, spend a minute on that. And I know we kind of said it, but spend a minute on that, because people hear revival and they know there's a revival, but the purpose of revival is what? I think the purpose of revival is is to just exactly what we did with the Feast of Tabernacles. Mm -hmm. To let everything else fall away. Take this time to say, Lord, I need to rededicate myself. What do you want me to do now? Where are we here? Do you what do I need to repent of? And to value that word of God and that truth of God more than all the outside influence more than all the outside things so that you can get you can go forward because I think we do I think we do correct me on here in the comments if you disagree with me I think born again believers that are bound for heaven can get absolutely stuck mm -hmm. and you can almost be like you're trying to walk through quicksand in this Christian life because you have not figured out how to get rid of all the weights that tie us down and the, the things that slow us down and the things that pull us backward when God's intention for you for is to self. abide with him in the present. Do you think this is what it means when it says to search out the old paths and walk therein? Because it, it sounds like that's saying, just go back to the old things. But I don't think I old don't think, paths and old things are I don't the same either. thing. I don't either. But, but, he, I don't think but the this same never thing. changes, really, right? I mean, when Solomon dedicated the temple, I noticed this this morning. He's dedicated the temple and the big prayer and the you know, the smoke and the glory that comes down out of heaven. And he said anybody, everybody, all nations could come there, could look there, could search there. And, yeah, you know, he his intention has always been 
to draw to him. When I'm searching out the old paths and walking therein, I'm not drawing water from a well and carrying it into a potbelly stove to have a service. I'm finding my roots, getting back to God. Getting back to God, stripping away the unnecessary and getting back to what matters, right? I think mm -hmm. that is revival. I think that has a lot less to do with a lot of things that we think revival is. I think that's a very personal thing. And I don't think it's always noise. I mean, everybody, noise is I, good. Like noise. I like noise. I, I do. I love noise. I like shouting. I like, I like, I like noise. But for me, it's not noise. For me, my personal revival, it's that talk to God from my heart mm -hmm. kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. You know, where usually I end up in tears. I don't shout, I cry. So, yeah. But I don't know. Interesting. And they offered burnt offerings in the house of the Lord continually all the days of Joida. So it sounds like at the end of verse 14, they're back to right. Do you agree? Or no? Almost. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Okay. And a few more verses. Okay. Almost. All right. They're doing right as we do, as one does. Mm -hmm. So so here's an opportunity to give, to do something that's a good work for God, to recognize this wonderful thing that's just happening. God showing you that the line of David is still alive and on the throne. And God did not, it, God kept his promise. He did not abandon us in this dark time. I think this is a time to do things. What you're going to find at the end of the chapter here we go. Let's... Is, is they're just as fickle as they always were. And when I say fickle, what I mean is there is still that presence in us that says, well, I've had my time with God and now I'm going to go back to the usual. I'm going to go back to do what I've always done because I've done my part and surely mm -hmm. God will honor that from here mm -hmm. on out. And now I'm going to go back and do what I want to do. Mm -hmm. And that to me is always the struggle. That is always it. Mm -hmm. That is the battle we fight every day is how do we stay Battle in the ready? presence of God, how do, how do you stay, stay there? there with him and not push it away for lesser things? Because I don't know. I do know why. That's the sin nature in us. And that is what we do. And we have to battle that. Mm -hmm. That's a spiritual wickedness. We got to fight that. Mm -hmm. And you said this last night and I was so proud of her class. Oh, kind of. Because Ben answered this one. How mm -hmm. do we stay? How do we keep our armor of God clean and our sword sharp? And how do we fight when things how do we fight? How do we keep that sword ready? We got to know what it is. Mm -hmm. We got to read the book. We got to know what it is and see ourselves in some of these fickle things so that we know mm -hmm. how to fix it. We got to pray, right? We got to get with other Christians and, and realize sometimes, sometimes it's no more than just realizing you're not the only one with a problem. Mm -hmm. There's other problems and sometimes they're a whole lot worse than what you're going through right? Or similar. They're going through the same thing and they're handling it their way. And you've got to, I mean, there's just all kinds of ways, but we got to stay battle ready. That's the name of the, that's the name of this on purpose. So let's go to verse 15, 24, verse 15. But Jehoiada waxed old and was full of days that's when he the died. That's not the king. Mm -hmm. And 130 years old was he when he died. And they buried him in the city of David among the kings because the he kings. had done good in Israel. And if you remember, the bad guy didn't even get buried with the kings. The bad king. The before. bad king. Yeah. didn't. They didn't even put him with them. But Jehoiada is buried with the kings. And he's the priest that raised the king. Mm -hmm. uh, because he had done good in Israel, both toward God and toward his house, the house of David. Now, after the death of Jehoiada, 
uh, just makes me shake my head, came the princes of Judah and made obeisance to the king. Then the king hearkened unto them. And they left the house of the Lord God of their fathers and served groves and idols. And wrath came upon Judah and Jerusalem for this their trespass. Yet he sent prophets, he being God, sent prophets to them to bring them again unto the Lord. And they testified against them, but they would not give ear. So first of all, who are these princes of Judah? Who are these people? I think there were um, people in authority that weren't. And he's remember, he had sons and daughters and children. And, he did. And there's, so they may be people in David's line. Growing back up. We grew back up. We've been here for, what, 40 years? But by princes, it may also mean just people that were assuming positions of authority mm -hmm. while Ataliah was on the throne. Correct. And everything was yes. incorrect. Because all of the seed royals dead. Right. So who might she have appointed to be in charge of things as she's oh instituting goodness. Baal worship and she's doing these kind of things. So here they come. And you can almost hear the conversation because the conversation is Jehoiada yeah. is old-fashioned. Jehoiada is, is fundamentalist. He is too far to the right. Now what we need to do is it's a time for change. We, we've been under this, and this is great, but it's a time for change. You need to be a more tolerant king. You need to allow, if these people were in fact appointed by her or in some way came into power during that time, mm -hmm. they're obviously Baal worshipers because that's what they ask for. Mm -hmm. let's, let's allow, I don't see Jehoiada, I don't see allow them to do Joash immediately you. saying, I'm going to jump to Baal worship. I think he's saying, I'm going to allow you to do that. I'm going to be a tolerant king. I'm going to, it's time for us to come back together mm -hmm. and to be united. You know, we don't have to be enemies. We don't have to be so strict about this. I'm putting a lot in here. You are. And I recognize you're bigoted, that. You are this. But I'm just saying, that. how does this naturally happen in human life? It doesn't start by this leap mm -hmm. at the funeral. It starts as, I'm going to be magnanimous. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be generous in spirit. I'm going to allow these things to happen. But with that compromise comes consequences. Inevitably, every it happens time. every time. So he says, you know, they come to him. He's like, okay, right? It doesn't, it says they left the house of the Lord God, mm -hmm. their fathers, and served groves and idols. And wrath came upon Judah. It doesn't say that he has a part on it until later on. Mm -hmm. But what he said as a king is, I'm going to allow this to happen. Which is what Solomon said. Well, which is why which Jehoiada's is, son, whose name is Zechariah, mm -hmm. comes to him. Because verse he's 19, a prophet, he says, he says, he says he, God sends them prophets. He doesn't just wipe them off the face of the earth the second they mess it up either. He sends people to say, hey, you know that. No, wait a minute. Jesus said one time, is it possible for a prophet to die outside of Jerusalem? He said, you know, through time God has sent you prophet after prophet after prophet after prophet after prophet. He keeps sending you because he loves you and he warns you and he tries to let you know what's about to happen so you can be spared. Is it even possible? Because all you do is slay them. Mm -hmm. And you know, what he was saying was you, you build monuments. He was telling the Pharisees and Sadducees, you build monuments to these prophets in the past, but your people murdered them for saying what God wanted them to say. This king, just like every other king that we've encountered so far, except for Jehoshaphat, I'll give him credit. When, and for David, David is the same way. When the man of God comes to them and says, here's where you're missing it. This is what you need to fix. This is what God says. This is wrong. Every one of those kings, except for the exception of those two, has gotten angry 
with God because I'm on the throne I'm the king. and I'm allowed to make this decision and, and I'm not listening to this man of God. Who's this man of God mm-hmm. talking to me? He's not wearing the crown. He is not on the preacher? throne. He's who's not that, David's who's son. Who's that preacher that's trying to right? lead the sheep the right way? He's doing I know what I'm I don't doing. want to do. I ain't doing that. Why does he want to do and that? And you see this in Christian life all the time. Mm-hmm. People love salvation. They love grace. They love, they love the see. love of God. But when the man of God has to say to you, this is wrong and you need to fix it. This is how we honor God. He's asked us to do this in our life. Now we're going to find a new church. We're going to find a new pastor. We're going to talk about how un- old-fashioned and uncaring and unloving they are. They're just a bunch of judges up there. They're, they're not nice people. They're, and you know what? What's hardest for the man of God, and I can tell you this for absolute fact. I know what I'm talking about. Listen to me. On this I'm an authority. Mm-hmm. What's the hardest thing in a man of God's life is that he knows he's guilty of breaking the rules too. He knows he's had to repent and humble himself and apologize. He knows he's just like you. And the first thing a person will do when he cares enough to tell you what God has to say about it is turn around and say, but what about you? What about what you, you're just a hypocrite. You've. It's always that turn... You're not telling a true man of God anything when you tell him he's a sinner in need of grace also. He already knows that. He knows that. <laughs> if he's if he's a charlatan, if he's a faker, he doesn't know that. But a man of God knows he stands in need of the grace of God. He, that He's mm-hmm. very aware. Mm-hmm. We have this idea that if you've messed up, then you're done. God's done with you, and it's all over. I used to think that when I was little, and this is nothing on your parenting. You were a wonderful mother. I had a wonderful father. But I used to think if I messed up, then you'd be done. You'd be done with me. You wouldn't love me anymore. It was all over. So I would always hide anything that I did wrong. And then you become sneaky. Because if you hide, you got to hide more. And you got to hide more. And you got to hide more. They can't know I'm not perfect. They can't know everything's not going exactly like it ought to go. Right? Mm-hmm. What a load of hooey. <laughs> yes, it's right? a load of hooey. It's a load of hooey. When, when you're corrected by God, that is the most loving thing. That, that is the most compassionate thing God ever does is send you a man of God or a woman of God or the Holy Spirit in your life to tell you, we need to fix that. And I know it hurts sometimes because it's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. But it's not an end of the game. You don't, it, this is not a 100% or you don't pass mm-hmm. test. Mm-hmm. This is a, we are making it by the blood of Christ alone. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. And so you have an opportunity, Joe Ash, to remember what you've been taught, to remember mm-hmm. the love that has been shown you and the grace mm-hmm. and the protection mm-hmm. and the faithfulness of God. But your pride is hurt because this man has come to you and told you that you're wrong. And the most Why is that abominable so thing. Mm-hmm. Is to not be able to be. Is that he allows, he orders the stoning of the son of the man who saved his life, who raised him, who rescued him, who taught him. This is verse 20. And the Spirit of God came upon Zechariah, the son of Jehoiada, the priest, which stood above the people and said unto them, Thus saith God, Why transgress ye the commandments of the Lord that ye cannot prosper? Because ye have forsaken the yourself. Lord, he That's has he also said. forsaken you. Because yeah. you're doing this. To yourself. There's consequences, right? Mm-hmm. But listen to verse 21. And they conspired against him and stoned him with stones at the commandment of the king in the court of the house of the Lord. The very place this king's been raised. The son of the man who raised him. And instead of protecting him like his, the man protected the king, he commands him to be stoned. I'm sorry. I say this every time we get here. I think I said this Sunday. Do you realize how mad and angry you'd have to be 
to continually throw rocks until you kill somebody? Because they told you you were wrong. And that's all. Just because they said, you know, but, and it's not like they don't and know And what he this. said was, you're wrong and you're hurting yourself. Stop. And, they, and you know they you know this. Blessed. We've known about groves and idols mm-hmm. from the beginning. This is not new. This is not something that just nobody has ever heard this before. They know that. And they're so mad. I just can't imagine having a crowd of people so angry. And it's true. You've seen it. I mean, we've seen people do terrible things when a crowd goes wild, right? It's kind of amazing how angry a human, human being will be when their sin is revealed. And how, like, the easiest fix to that, it's already been paid for. It, the blood of Christ is available. It, it's already been paid for. You can have forgiveness. You can have redemption. You can go on. But instead, uh, pride. That, we wonder why God talks so much about pride. Pride will kill a church and kill a person, kill a family, kill a country. Kill everything. Pride is deadly. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's so angry. Like, you talk about the stoning. That's how angry it is. We I, will kill it. And we will bury it beneath the pile of stones because we, we do not do want to hear we're worse wrong. than what we're guilty of. Mm-hmm. We'll do worse than yeah. what he's telling them by killing this person. I used yeah. to say, we used to, Rick and I used to have this joke between us, that the, the hardest three words to say, and everybody always thinks the hardest three words to say is, I love you. That's not hard to say at all. Mm-mm. We can say that and not even we mean like it. it. But when we say, I am sorry... Those are hard words for people to say mm-hmm. because of our pride, mm-hmm. because we don't want to be wrong. And I get it. I don't like to be wrong either. I don't like to be told I'm wrong. And sometimes I have to think about it a little bit before I get it. Now, I'll tell you this. You will never, ever abide in the presence of God if you're not willing to say, I'm sorry. I am sorry. The three hardest words. And you would think church people would be the first to say that. And that's not true. You won't feel his presence because that's what it takes. Mm-hmm. We, we repent. And it says, because you have forsaken the Lord, he hath also forsaken you. Mm-hmm. And they conspired and they stoned him. And then verse 22, then thus Joash the king remembered not the kindness which Jehoiada his father had done to him, but slew his son. Mm-hmm. And when he died, he said, the Lord look upon it and require it. Mm-hmm. In other words, I can't avenge myself, but mm-hmm. God can. Mm-hmm. You know what you're doing is wrong. I, I had, I have to think if you were raised in the priest's house, you know those that. words were chilling to his soul, mm-hmm. that God is going to require the answer for what you're mm-hmm. doing right now. Because mm-hmm. right? you know. Mm-hmm. Verse 23, And it came to pass at the end of the year that the host of Syria came up against him. Now we're talking about... Um, the king. King Joash. And they came to Judah and Jerusalem, and listen to who they destroyed, and destroyed all the princes of the people from among the people, and sent all the spoil of them unto the king of Damascus. For the army of the Syrians came with a small company of men, and the Lord delivered a very great host into their hands, because they had forsaken the Lord God of their fathers, so they executed judgment against Joash. Mm-hmm. Sin always has consequences. Mm -hmm. And if we had just stopped and said, you know what? You're right. I'm sorry. Guys, I get it. But you know, we only serve the one true God. If you want to serve someone else, go over there. Right? Mm -hmm. I don't have, you don't have to invade here. You don't have to take my spot. We hear that a lot in America today. 
I don't, you don't have, just because you think it doesn't mean I have to do that. You go over there, do whatever you want to. I'm doing this here. But the, the sin comes back on them. And families are dead. <laughs> People have died here. So how does he die? I mean, we've got like four minutes left. There's just a few more verses. Well, wait, 25. Let's get that so okay. we get Joe, Joash. It says, and when they were departed from him, for they left him in great diseases, his own servants conspired against him for the blood of the sons of Jehoiada the priest mm -hmm. and slew him on his bed, and he died. This is the king. This is how mm -hmm. the king dies. And they buried him in the city of David, but they buried him not in the sepulcher of the kings. And these are they that conspired against him, Zabad, Zabad, the son of an Ammonitus and a Moabitess. I'm just going to skip, skip the names. Now concerning his sons and the greatness of the burdens laid upon the, him and the repairing of the house of God, behold, they are written in the story of the book of the kings and Amaziah, his son, reigned in his stead. Now. No, I was just going to say, you, you chose to please men instead of God and by man's hand you're slaughtered. At the end, and these are people who did it in revenge for what he had done to Jehoiada's son. They couldn't believe mm -hmm. what a horrible thing he had done. And when he he's diseased as he comes back from these battles where he lost horribly, mm -hmm. his body's already diseased. He needs mercy. Oh, mm -hmm. he needs grace. Mm. He needs forgiveness. And he got back exactly what he gave. Mm -hmm. None. None. None of those things. In Judgment. his distress... They, they attack him, they take his life, they kill That's the way it works. Your own system ends that way. Your own desires end that way. When, when what you choose to do is to follow your own leading and the leading of those around you and to please men, I've started with this, we end with this, mm -hmm. rather than God, mm -hmm. you're going to abide with them in the way that they conduct themselves. You're not going to abide in the presence of God in peace. He doesn't get to go rest with his fathers. He, get, he gets to be buried separate and apart in shame. And even after death remembered mm -hmm. as this king who had done a great ill to, to Judah mm -hmm. because the nation suffered because mm -hmm. of your choice not to abide. Why is it so hard for us to abide? It's hard for us to abide because you have to get over yourself. You have, you have to. to get over your own pride and your own desire to be in charge of every single thing and invite God in. Because I've heard this a million times in my childhood as I listened to my dad preach sermons. He said, God is a gentleman. He will come in where he's invited and he will not come in where he is not welcome. If you don't want his presence in your life, you, don't have to you have won't it. have it. But you will have the presence of something. You'll have the presence of whatever it is you choose to replace him with. And you're going to have to ask yourself, is that what I want? Is, is that and when I get ready able to, die, to take care of I me? Can I die with that? Mm -hmm. I cannot. People say, can I die with Can I live with it? Can I live in that lack of the presence of God? I don't want to. Mm -hmm. I don't want to. Either. I don't want to. And the only way to do that with me being a sinful being with the sin born in me, right? The only way for me to live in the presence of God is to be open about that and let him take care of it, to confess it, to say I'm sorry, to say, God, I yes. repent of this thing I've done wrong. Because he, he does not go away when I mess up. Mm -hmm. He doesn't. He goes no. away when I refuse to repent. He is not like men. He go, when I refuse to give it to him, the, the fellowship is in trouble. But if I give it to him, he takes care of it. He already, he always he does. To do that. Mm -hmm. He always does. Turn toward him. It's Don't amazing. We're going to get to some kings who lived their whole life contrary to God. 
and then turned it around. He said, you know what? I was wrong. I'm sorry. I repent. And here comes God like, I was just waiting on that. And he, Thanks. That, that is so I was why, just waiting. That's to so come in. why they're in the book. It I is mean, not only is it the history, but that is yeah. so why they're in the book is that you can see God doesn't react to wrongs like man does. We would be dismissive of you. We would be done with you. That would be the end of it. But that's not how God no, acts. Because it isn't about anything that happens here. God desires a relationship with his people for eternity. It, it's not, this is just a place to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And all of eternity is the place to live it out. And, have the, and be in the presence of God fully, unashamed, Without no pride, no sin, no anger, no jealousy, none of those things that separate us, just the peace of God and the presence of God forever, right? And we can have a taste of that right here if we would if just we'll get over to say, I'm sorry right? once in a while, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I think we're at the end of our hour. Thank you for joining us. Remember that we have Bible, <laughs> I can't say battle ready Bible study at gmail.com, but we do have that. And we also want to remind you to go on YouTube, look for Addison Free Will Baptist Church, and subscribe so that we can have another venue to put some of these lessons out, some of our sermons out. Keep your Bibles open. Keep keep faithful. We got to stay faithful. Mm -hmm. And let God deal with your heart. Let him tell you what you need to do and what you don't need to do. Thank you for joining us. See you next time.